At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is the Pittsburgh CityCast with Tim Benz, presented by Bet Rivers. It is a Pittsburgh CityCast with Mike Pursuta and Tim Benz. Team COVID. Mike from his COVID-addled studio, me from mine. <laughs> Am I putting this on you from uh, rookie minicamp? Is that where I got this, or can I blame Roraba for giving it to me, or what? Uh, you know, might have some uh, DVE morning show in Vegas for the NFL draft ties, uh, too. I don't, I don't know. How, you know, I'm, I'm imagining that wasn't uh, anything other than a Petri dish of uh, activity for all kind of things. But uh, we're fighting through it, both of us. I got to get some of what you're taking because you look a lot better than I do. I don't know how you looked on day two. Actually, I've got the weirdest case of it ever. I, I have what three years ago I would have referred to as a common cold and not thought twice about it. And just gone about my day. But now when you don't quite feel a thousand percent, you're supposed to take a test. And the little plastic thing said, I have COVID. So here I sit. Yeah, I took a couple of those, you know, the ones with the two lines. Yeah, they come up. And so the oh, first mine came two- right up. I had bright blue and bright purple. And uh, and here we are uh, secluded, sequestered. And Mike, what does that lead to? What did that lead to yesterday when you had nothing else that you could do? Watching direct TV and gambling on baseball, Tim. There we go. That's right. <laughs> it was uh, a lot of fun. You know, I, I, I think I texted you. Uh, the Mets and Cardinals were playing a doubleheader and the Dodgers and Diamondbacks were playing a doubleheader. And uh, the two games were basically running concurrently. So I decided to go uh, Mets-Dodgers as a parlay just to have something to entertain me in the afternoon. And that hit. <laughs> and then I went into my double header theory mode, you, you know, the, the right. team that lost the first game always wins the second game. So I bet the Cardinals against the Mets just because they lost the first game and that hit. And then remember last week I was telling you, I didn't have the courage to bet on the Rangers at Yankee stadium in a double header situation, right? Texas, Texas had lost the first game, went on to win the second, but I, I didn't bet on Texas. So I actually bet on the snakes at Dodger Stadium against the Dodgers, and they got crushed in the second game. So, you know, <laughs> nothing is an absolute in this business. But if it's two teams that are remotely um, of, a, of a similar pedigree or, or, or level, then I think you just got to play for the split, uh, particularly if it works out the way it did yesterday when the Mets had to use their closer in the first game, Diaz, and he wasn't available in the second game. That's probably one of the reasons why the team that lost the first game wins the second game a lot is because the team that won the first game had to sell out to win it. Well, through whatever means, if it gets you gambling, then I think the folks at bet rivers are pretty happy. And we are brought to you by bet rivers, download the app today or go to BetRivers.com. It is hockey playoff time and bet rivers has a special offer through the entire NHL playoffs throughout the playoffs place, three same game parlays of $10 or more on each round and receive $10 in a free bet at the conclusion of each round. Think of it as a gambling hat trick. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Create your ideal combo with same-game parlays at BetRivers app or at BetRivers.com.
riversportsbook.com presented by Rivers Casino Pittsburgh. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. And we'll get back to baseball a little bit later on. We'll get to yeah. the lines tonight for hockey. What were you going to say, Mike? I was going to say one thing before we get away from yesterday, because, you know, I'm watching these games. I've had direct TV forever. I love flipping around from baseball game to baseball game. You bet the Dodgers at home and they win. And you hear that Randy Newman song blaring from the Dodger Stadium public address system. It always gets onto the TV broadcast. What an exclamation point. Uh, I just, love L.A. Yes, I do. And I did the other night. I almost didn't when I bet on them. I did a Yankees Dodgers. Yeah. Parlay and the Yanks won easily. They hit, they got six runs. Five of them might have been homers. I don't know. I lose track with the homers that they hit. And then at night, they were losing to the Snakes. I'm thinking, what's going on here? They were, they came back. They're up three to two. Then they were up five to two. I'm thinking, oh, this is in the bank. They bring in Kimbrel just for something to do because he hasn't had a save in a while. Right. So he's hunched <laughs> over and he's got the arm up. Outs and then he like hits a guy in the foot. And then another guy hits a homer. Now it's five to four. Another guy gets on. I said, oh, no, they are going to blow this, aren't they? But he got the last out. I love L.A. hits, and I had that same reaction. Yes, I know exactly of what you speak. Yeah, Chapman had a pretty sweaty save in Baltimore last night, too. But yes, he did. Uh, he, got, he got it done. He looked a little uh, wobbly. But did anybody bet against- the Astros and Red Sox game the other day? Not last night. Last night was a blowout. But, boy, they overhit and hit big there. Um, the Astros Red Sox game was really back and forth. That was one that made you sweat. Yeah, I'm starting to really uh, get into the baseball here. And as luck would have it, I got more time to now. Yeah, that's right. We've got nothing to do but watch baseball and watch hockey. And maybe there's table tennis on or Mike, you can always gamble on the PGA championships. You ever dabble in golf at all? Uh, we both uh, know a couple of people that swear by that and yeah. swear they're good at it. I don't know how you would do that. And I'm not going there yet. Uh, Golf is a bridge too far to me. I, PGA is right stuff. now. Scotty Scheffler is the favorite at plus 1100. John Rahm at plus 12. McElroy and Justin Thomas at plus 14. Spieth and Cantley and Morikawa at plus 18. Where's Tiger? Tiger comes up. I saw him. He was, there he is. Plus 6,600. So, yeah, uh, I, I got mean, a, I got a long shot ticket on Phil Mickelson. I think is going to come through. I'm holding on. To, <laughs> I, I got that when I was out in Vegas for the draft a couple of weeks ago. Come on, lefty. Let's He's go, just going to show up and win the whole thing. Like you can bet guys who are in the same pairing. You can bet them against each other for lower score. Uh, you can also kind of do like uh, groups of five or groups of four. Like bet rivers will come up with like their own pairings and whoever has the low score, there are odds set of that group of five that they sort of arbitrarily put together. So there are different fun ways to bet on golf. You know, like it doesn't just have to be throw a ticket down and hope you hit a home run. You, you, you get, you know, Scheffler at plus 1100. There are more pocket ways to do it if you want to. Yeah. I'm sure there's a way to study it. And, and, you know, the truly, inspired, uh, motivated, determined, we'll figure something out. But uh, I got enough on my plate, Tim. Uh, these, there's a lot of baseball games every day. <laughs> well, you know what daily- you don't have on your plate right now? The Pittsburgh Penguins. And you will not have them on your plate for quite some time until the early part of next season. I know you usually don't get into hockey until after football ends. So who knows where this team is going to be by that point. The next time you make a bet on the Penguins, you know, they might be acquiring draft pick assets. You know, it's uh, it's going to be real interesting. I, I don't think anybody thinks it's coming back intact, right? 
it's a matter no. of, of how much damage they sustain. And I think I'm they gonna, bring back one of the three just to make Sid happy and the other two walk. Uh, if it's me, it would be Brian Russ because he's the young guy that actually has a future. Uh, did you know Crystal Tang was on the ice? The Penguins gave up 28 goals in seven games against the Rangers. Average of four a game, which is too high. Yeah. Did you know Crystal Tang was on the ice for 17 of them? Yeah, it doesn't necessarily show up in plus minus because if he was out there on a penalty kill. But yeah, to your point, in fact, there's some metric 17. Out there. Yeah, there's some metric out there that shows in the four series losing streak how many of the goals he's been on the ice for. And everybody goes on and on about his ice time. But there's a lot of dashes in that ice time. You know, if it's costing you goals, then maybe he's playing too much. Um, that's all I ever hear about Crystal Tang is his ice time and his offensive production. I, the guy does not defend. He does not defend. And I think the play that everybody from the Penguins was bitching about, you know, the one where they didn't know the rule or uh, the helmet. In, in Marcus Pedersen's case, he said he forgot the rule in the heat of the moment. He still got off the ice and Latang got on in plenty of time to do what he does, which is post up between the shooter and the goaltender and then make a really half-hearted attempt to block a shot. Like you never see him go down, you know, legs first diving at the shooter. He stands there and tries to get skinny. Like, Oh God, I hope it doesn't hit me, but he doesn't want to just completely get out of the way. Cause that would look bad. Yeah. So I, I just, it's, it's time. They won one of the three cups without him. Uh, you know, it's definitely time to move on from him. And if getting Malkin, he's cost I the most, I wouldn't give it getting Malkin a, what he's looking for either, which he said he still thinks he's a good player. He wants a good player contract. Good. Get it in Vancouver or wherever. Uh, time for the Penguins to move on. Not just four consecutive first round exits, Tim. Five series in a row. That is a franchise record for futility. It goes back to 1979. Remember, they had a two games. To, they had a best of three against Buffalo. And I think George Ferguson won it in overtime, if memory serves. Then they lost to Boston, Boston again, St. Louis, and the Islanders. Then they didn't make the playoffs for a long time, but they, they won the first series after that. They had never lost five straight postseason series, and now they have. So the architects of the golden era of Penguin hockey also have their fingerprints on the worst extended postseason run in franchise history. Yeah, it's the Steelers' argument. They keep making it, and they're constantly in the yeah. conversation, but they're not doing anything with it. And they're not doing anything with it with Hall of, Fame, Hall of Fame players, just like the Steelers weren't doing it with a Hall of Fame quarterback. Yeah. So what is the point? You got to move on. Uh, I think on. it is time to move on. Um, Rust makes sense for me to keep because I don't see Rust making much more than $6 million a year. But I also don't see the Penguins replacing him for anything less than $5 million, unless Raquel stays for like four and a half. And then who's your second line winger then? Then you're just back to replacing Raquel. So I see Rust as a viable keep because the cost to replace him will be just as much. And at least you know the player and you know how he can bounce between multiple lines. Well, or look at it this way, maybe. What do you think of the Bruins uh, after the perfection line? Uh, not much. A couple of good players here and there. And they pretty much can do what the Penguins did this year, getting the playoffs and losing the first round, right? Right, uh, yes. You know Crosby, Rustin, Gensler are elite as a, as a threesome. Yes, and so I, would say two, start, I would say two of those guys are elite regardless. So I would start there and then see what I have, 
you know, what I can conjure up after that, depending on how much it costs me to keep Russ. But I, I definitely want to keep Russ. He's younger. I think he's still on the ascent. He's a two-way player. He's a team guy. Um, you can get some grinders. You can get some guys that maybe get it in the corner and cycle uh, a little more consistently than this year's group was able to do. Maybe you can get some guys who could play net front defense better than this year's group was able to do. I think the Penguins, Tim, tried to do both of those things in the playoffs, and they did them better than I thought they would be able to in the playoffs, but they did not do them often enough or consistently enough, and that's a big reason why they're out. And I well, know there's your a point lot that of- you make all the time, and I agree with it, when it comes to the net front defense – is that they think that net front defense means being near the guy that yeah. is standing in front of the goalie, but they forget the fundamental aspect of why you're putting yourself there, and it's to move the other guy, and they don't move them, and they set screen after screen after screen in front of their own goaltenders during the course of this playoff series. We saw it play out with Louis Domingue in net, and we saw it play out with Tristan Jari in net, and if you look at... You know, Tristan Jari's save percentage in game seven was worse than Domingue's in games one through six combined. Uh, now everybody's going to say, oh, he was rusty and blah, blah, blah. They got to play better in front of whoever their goalie is. And when they do that, they have a chance to be successful. And when they don't, they lose. And they still haven't gotten that after all these years. They took more strides this year. They were closer. This, to me, was more appealing from a they played pretty well standpoint, it wasn't like that Islander series where they just turned the puck over constantly and gave up one odd man rush after another. It wasn't that disaster of a Canadian series where they just didn't show up. Uh, they gave themselves every chance to win this, but they also found some creative ways to blow it. I wonder what the odds are going to be on them to make the playoffs next year. I wonder if it's going to be a plus minus kind of situation because they will lose very familiar names yeah, and the names that they get back won't be as familiar, but they're going to have a lot of cap room to play with for the first time in a long time. Like this doesn't have to be tear it down and rebuild like the red wings are doing, or like the Blackhawks are doing. This is you move guys out and you've got cap room to play with, make trades, get signings, you know, uh, uh, call other teams that might have cap issues and say, we'll give you picks for this guy with salary. Cause we can bring on the salary now, like stuff. They're not used to doing akin to what we talked about with the Steelers this off season where, you know, go throw lots of money at a guard. <laughs> I, I still yep. thought they could have thrown more money around at other places, including quarterback, but that's me. That said though, Mike, like, you know, this is not, this is foreign territory for the penguins this upcoming summer. I think it's a very good analogy with what this, what's going on with the Steelers. Both you got two Roethlisberger's leaving. You know, you still have yeah. one left, but two of them are going. And now you can go get other really good players, or what you perceive to be really good players, or you can get more good players. You know, and spread it, spread the wealth a little bit. And, you know, pay more guys a little less, but have more of them. Again, you got you got that top line to work with if you can bring Russ back. Uh, I think Matheson could be a hell of a quarterback on the blue line. Uh, now see if you can go find Ron Hainsey. See if you can go find Hal Gill. See if you can yeah. go find yeah. See if you can go find Rob Skinnery. See if you can go find Ian Cole, who's still playing. Uh, you know those see guys. If Brian Dumoulin can be a guy who can just play defense and not have to worry about skate, 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 skate all the time because he's got to yeah. keep up with Latang. I, I need that bulldozer in front, man. I want that guy. It's late in the game. 
we're trying to protect the one goal lead. I want to, want to put that guy out there who knows what he's doing and who's going to get the job done. Not the guy who's going to lose his helmet and stand there and throw his arms up and look at the referee. Oh, I can't believe you're not calling a penalty with less than five minutes left in the seventh game in a one goal game. Oh my God, I'm, I'm upset. I'm going to stand here. Now I'll skate in front of the net and I'll throw my arms up again. Then I'll eventually leave. That's a pretty good description of what happened. You know, and, and then, and then, you know, my major complaint, you know, they've not been whiners in the Sullivan era. I always give him credit for not singling guys out and, and not crying too much. He always says, you know, the, the officials do their thing. We coach, they, they call it whatever. The whining after game seven from him and Crosby was was uh, beneath them about the rule. Yeah, because the rule itself is a stupid rule. Yeah, it's a stupid rule, but I don't think it directly impacted the result of that play as much as they made it out to be because Pedersen no. got to the bench and Latang got out there. Latang got out there in time to get in front and do nothing but help scream. Like, and like you know, to Crosby's other point that he made in the post game, that was a game as much as any of the blown leads that they had. You know, he was the one that pointed it out. It wasn't even so much about blowing the leads as that we never added on. You know, we added on to games in Pittsburgh and we got to seven goals. Well, how about you get to five, you know, and make them chase instead of constantly just keeping the Rangers in it by giving away leads. Those I'll draw another Steeler analogy here for as banged up as they were. And I know that they lost Crosby and they didn't have the first two goaltenders and Dumoulin was out and Raquel was out. They got leads in five, six, and seven. Let them go. Yes. They were good enough that they yeah. led games. And that's the same thing I said about the Steelers when they had Duck and Mason for as much as they were a pity case because of that, they were eight and five. Beat the Jets. And then, let, then take care of Baltimore's backups. It's like if you're good enough to be eight and five, you're good enough to win one of your last three games then. And let's not pretend that the gap between Casey DeSmith and Louis Domingue is the Grand Canyon. I mean, yeah. Louis, De, Louis Domingue, yeah, he played in the AHL this year. He had, what was it, 140 NHL games under his belt? Uh, he won 20 games one year for Tampa. Remember back in January, there was speculation, oh, maybe Domingue's going to be number two, and they're going to get Casey DeSmith out of here because he was playing wobbly. Let, let's not pretend they went from Ken Dryden to a kid off a street hockey deck. Um, and, and let's not pretend that Tristan Jari at the end of the year was playing as well as he was at the beginning of the year because he was not, okay? Carolina won with its backup goalie. Penguins could have won this with Louis Domingue. Was the goal in, it ended game six, the game-winning goal, awful? Yes, it was. But that was still less egregious to me than uh, Evan Rodriguez taking the stupid penalty that he did because Rodriguez, that's a controllable. You know you don't get up and go commit a retaliation penalty if you have half a brain. And he did it anyway. And you saw how Sullivan reacted. I can't believe there's people defending him. Uh, Paul Bissonnette, among others, continues uh, to go on Twitter and, and maintain that was a terrible call. That was that was the most damaging thing anybody did all series on the Pittsburgh side because it was the most controllable situation. There's no reason that should have happened. It did. It changed that game. It changed the series. Rodriguez said he didn't even think it was a penalty. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> I, I don't know what to tell you. It's dumb. One of the dumber things I've seen covering hockey since the 80s. When we come back, we'll talk about what remains hockey-wise on uh, the NHL bracket, and there's plenty to get into. I've got bets flying all around, but i got to figure out the stuff for tonight, Mike. Like I've got money all over the place on the side of the bracket that we saw last night, the Florida side and then the Avs-Blues side. Like 
I got money on those series and I haven't figured out quite how to invest in the Rangers and the Flames series. So we'll do that when we come back. This is the Pittsburgh CityCast brought to you by Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers Sportsbook is offering new customers a deposit match up to $250 when you sign up today. In addition to their welcome bonus, Bet Rivers has daily and ongoing promotions that can provide extra value. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com today to sign up. Presented by Rivers Casino Pittsburgh, must be 21. Gambling problem, call 1 800 Gambler. Continuing on the Pittsburgh CityCast, Mike Pursuit at Tim Benz. I finally found one positive for COVID, and that is, Mike, it will knock you out before one of your bets goes bad in an overtime playoff hockey game, <laughs> as it did for me last night. I felt so smart sniffing out, hunting out that St. Louis Blues game one, thought the layoff factor was too much for the Avs. I liked the Blues and the way they were playing. I picked them to beat the Minnesota Wild. I felt good about that series from Jump Street. In fact, I picked all eight first-round series right. Impressive. I didn't gamble on all of them because, like, you know, what am I going to do, throw odds down on minus 500 for the Avs to beat the Preds? Like, I just sort of left that alone. But, you know, as far as uh, series-wise, I was perfect. I didn't do all eight. Predictions, I predicted all eight. And I've got the Blues stretching out the series. I have money on that series lasting at least six games. I've got the Avs at minus one and a half to win it. So I'm trying to keyhole that one. But I really felt good about St. Louis being a little bit more battle-tested, a little bit more fresh. The Avs maybe needing a game to get their legs underneath them. And the Blues got that first goal, and I was feeling pretty good about it. And then uh, I'm waking up this morning saying I missed the end of the game, and I didn't even know what state I was in by that point. And uh, very depressed to check the ticker and see that the Avs won 3-2. to two. But I still see that being a good series. I, I see that one lasting for a while. I think the Blues are going to test them. You're not as sold on them. You think this is the Avs' time and they're going to roll, huh? Yeah, that's nothing against St. Louis. I had St. Louis against Minnesota. I thought they were a good live dog in, in the first round. Uh, I think they were uh, minus or plus 125. It wasn't a ton, uh, but yeah, yeah. Dog. And uh, I just think Colorado's better than everybody else, Tim. And we didn't spend a lot of time talking about that in this market because we're an Eastern market. And, uh, you know, everybody was thinking, oh, the West isn't that good. Maybe their numbers are pumped up, blah, blah, blah. I think it's Colorado's year. I think they're the team. And I think whoever comes out of the East is going to get smoked. Uh, I was wondering going into this playoff how long Tampa would be able to hang around because I don't think Tampa is going to win every Stanley cup between now and the end of my lifetime or your lifetime. And three is really hard to do. And that Toronto series, I thought, boy, the Leafs are really good. Maybe this is the, you know, they use this as a, as a transformational thing and they're not the Leafs anymore. All of a sudden they're just a good young team on its way up. But uh, Tampa found a way to battle through that. And really I, I was surprised uh, how poorly Florida played last night and uh, what little resistance Florida put up. Uh, I could see Tampa getting to the final again, and uh, then I could see Tampa losing to Colorado and kind of a changing of the guard there. Yeah, Tampa to me, it's more about the long road than it is any individual team. You know, like I I could look at the Hurricanes, I can look at the Avs, I can look at the Panthers and make an argument as to why I could have with Toronto made an argument why Tampa's going to lose. And I still might pick Tampa in a lot of those series, but it's sort of the them against the field scenario. There's somewhere along the way, to your point, three is just too hard to do. On, on this side of the bracket, on the eastern side of the bracket, I will continue to take them if they continue to be underdogs. 
just because there's value sure. there. Why, yeah. why would, why would you go the other way? You know, when it's, when it's 50, 50 at best, and I, you know, give me that goalie. And I know they didn't have Braden point last night, but give me Hedman, give me uh, Nikita Kucherov. Uh, they got enough guys. Uh, they know what they're doing. That coach is phenomenal. We'll see where it goes, but uh, very encouraging start for those of us who were backing the lightning again as an underdog against the Florida Panthers. Yeah, I took the lightning at uh, plus whatever it was, 140. It kept going up, 125, 130, yeah. 140. And I, I didn't mean to wait. I just waited, and, and sure enough, boom, I got them at the best odds possible. And I don't know why all that money was coming in late on Florida. I would have thought people would have thought themselves into the lightning, like the other way around. Think about that for a minute. Florida just won its first series since 1996. And they had to struggle like hell to do it against, against a six-seed or an eight-seed Washington the, Capitals team. Yeah, against the slappy team. And Tampa, on the other hand, picks up where it left off winning the last two cups by beating what I thought was a very good Toronto team, Tim, that did not Maple Leaf itself. Uh, I thought Tampa won that more than the Leafs lost it. I mean, you play that one again, and who knows what would happen. But uh, if anybody's got a right to be just scratching their heads, Coming out of the first round, it's the Maple Leafs. They had that great season that they had, and their reward was to get the two-time champs as a wild card. Uh, tough break. I'm looking on the app right now because I'm trying to figure out exactly where I want to go with Rangers and Canes. What did you end up playing on that series? Nothing yet, and I'm not just going game by game on it or what? Yeah, going to watch and see what happens. Um, I, I don't think it's a lock, but I like Carolina. Um, I feel like it's going seven. I almost want to do just the exact game scenario on that lasts at least or the exact game scenario, particularly like Carolina at home. And uh, I don't know if the Rangers, if that's uh, a, a launch point for them beating the Penguins or uh, if, if they had to put so much into that, that they're not going to have much left for uh, Carolina, but uh, boy, particularly where that Boston series played out, Boston had no answers for Carolina at home when they get, when they get their checking line, the stall line on your good line, uh, it's a problem. And uh, I guess I don't know which line you would pick for the Rangers. It would probably be the uh, the Kreider uh, Zabinijad line. Uh, I think that kid line's pretty good, but uh, the production hasn't matched the potential yet. Um, Carolina at home is going to be tough uh, not to bet on, Tim. Especially with Shesterkin and the problems he's had on the road. You know, that comes if he was struggling like he was struggling to PPG Paints Arena. I think the atmosphere, the environment is all the more loud and energetic when it comes to Raleigh. The Hurricanes minus 205 to win the series. The Rangers at plus 165. That's kind of split to me, Mike, insofar as it's almost too expensive to bet on the Hurricanes and yeah. not enough of a reward to bet on the Rangers. Are you looking at those numbers the same way I am? Yeah, absolutely. You know, you got minus 167 to win the game tonight. That's it should be closer than that. So when in doubt, if you got to play it, the, the minus one and a half is the way I'm going to go. I uh, hope you're ahead late and they give up the empty net because uh, that's that's one and a half to one in your favor. It's a much better value. Uh, although there is there are a few things that are as frustrating as picking the winner of a hockey game, but they don't win by enough. Rangers getting a game and a half. Sorry, giving a game and a half is plus 250. Um, if you want to, uh, get the Rangers getting a game and a half, it's minus 125. Like that to me might be the smartest bet them getting a game and a half, like them at least getting it to six and it's only yeah. minus 125. That might indeed be a smart bet. That's not, um, 
that's not paying too much for that, I don't think. Carolina to win four to three, and Carolina to win four to two is both at plus 450. So they don't make a differentiation all that much between six games and seven games for the Hurricanes. Uh, I would lean towards Hurricanes in seven there. If you want the Rangers in six or seven, it's plus 600 and it's plus 650. I think it would be a lot harder to win a seventh game in Raleigh than it would be a sixth game in MSG. A lot harder. So, surprised the payout is that close for those two. What about the Flame series? Where are you looking there? Uh, again, I don't like the numbers. Uh, I like Calgary. Um, good for Edmonton. That was at the second series they've won under Connor McDavid in the Connor McDavid era and a uh, pretty good team, but boy, Calgary's hard to score on. Um, yeah, this is a hard series insofar as you've got like the offensive force in Edmonton and you got the team that doesn't allow any goals in Calgary. And it's almost the same scenario. Like you said, the numbers being what they are, the flames at minus minus one ninety five and Edmonton at plus one sixty. It's just like the Rangers thing. It feels like if you're going to go with the underdog, you should get a little bit more payout. And if you go with the favorite, it shouldn't quite cost that much. Uh, the Edmonton number to me makes a little bit more sense than Calgary does. Uh, almost going two to one to bet on the Flames to beat the Oilers. I like Calgary, but with the offense that is present with Edmonton, I think that can stress their defense to the point that, and they can't win a scoring contest with Edmonton. That's much for sure. I know that. No, that's it's an interesting point. Uh, that might be the way to go. Like I like the uh, the value picks, the dogs, particularly when you get to the second round because. Uh, the difference is not that much, right? I mean, the, the Carolina Rangers, how, what, what's the big separation there? Uh, first place and second place. Yeah. Uh, so if, you, if you're going to look at uh, Edmonton and get almost two to one in return or, or approaching two to one in return to win the series, that, that's a dice roll. You might have talked me into that one, Tim. The Edmonton, excuse me, the Carolina points with the Rangers that you bring up, you know, if you looked at it, I think Carolina won three of four against the Rangers, but the goal total was like 14 to 10. So it was like one goal per game. Uh, very similar to how things went against the Penguins, really, when you looked at the big picture. And I was not at all surprised that one went seven. I didn't end up hedging. You know, I was tempted, Mike. I had the Rangers, and I just decided not to do it, especially not knowing the Crosby-Jari situation. And when they both came out on the ice, I still thought to myself, I don't think they're going to win. So I left it alone. I just got my payout and I was happy about it. I, I went against my grade. I didn't hedge it either. And I th think what convinced me was uh, getting on Penguins Twitter and, and reading about how they were going to win and there was no way they were going to lose and how great the Penguins were and, and just following along <laughs> with that. And I said, F it, I'm standing firm. I didn't, I didn't jump in until the Rangers fell behind two to one. And then I got them at plus 165. Oh, so the uh, so live bet kicked in for you then. It, it was way better than uh, – it was a mid-series bet. It was way better than All the right. starting odds. And uh, I let that roll. You know, the Penguins fans love to torture themselves. Boy, would they lose a game. And, you know, coming out of game six, it was over. And who are we blaming? And the refs suck. And the league sucks. And I'm never watching this again. And then the next day when they find out Sid's going to play, oh, we're going to win. We can't be stopped. We're going on a run. And uh, now they're all depressed again. I wonder who's going to be the culprit. I wonder who's, who's going to uh, be the guy that everybody circles and says, it's your fault. Oh, next year it's going to be even easier because there's going to be so many new guys on the team. Yeah. They're big but on I mean, blaming the new guy. But I mean, right now, they still blame Jerome McGinley or Crankshaft or, you know, Brendan yeah. Morrow. Like, yeah. Ponikarovsky. 
<laughs> no, those are the guys they like to, to tear down. Derek Broussard, you know, all these guys that are acquired that they have no emotional attachment for. Those are the guys that they like to torture more than anybody else. Yeah. Did I mention Latang was on the ice for 17 of 28 goals scored? I think you've uh, you've driven that point home. Yeah. Does that, that seem like how's that, that seem like the morning a, show? Are you, uh, you feel like you're talking to a wall on that or, or what? Yeah. Uh, does that seem like an astronomical number to you? It does I mean, feel it doesn't feel high when you think about how many minutes he's on the ice. But I think that's the point that you're driving home. If he's on the yeah. ice for so many minutes, then why? And he's worth he's it. He's that why good. So Shouldn't he be not scored on as often? Exactly. Yes. I mean, what do I know, Tim? Well, our biggest problem is we don't have for the time being, Mike, bet on Mitch Keller any day, day, because uh, we don't know if he's going to be in the rotation. And he was pulled from the start today. Will Crow starting today against the Cubs. And he may um, come in. He may come in out of the pen. That's not fair to us. Like we can't we can't bet on the bullpen theory of Mitch Keller. Now you can live bet, but that well, would yeah, require us having to pay attention to a Pirates game while it was going on. And I'm just not yeah. all that keen on doing so right now. Or you could just take the leap of faith and say the Pirates are really bad and what has it been? Seven, nine, nothing, seven, nothing. These two in Chicago and that coming off of uh, getting no hit, but somehow winning one to nothing. I mean, it, uh, I'm going to go Cubs again today. Uh, I was waiting for a, a line to materialize and it finally has, but here's a little baseball for you. Since we got back to that, I mentioned that uh, Mets Cardinals scenario. I was playing out yesterday with the double header. The Mets lost the second game. Okay. In the first game, they were coming off a loss the game before they had lost to Seattle on Sunday and then got rained out on Monday entering the first game against St. Louis, New York was 11 and one following a loss and had won 10 straight. Now the numbers are 12 and one after a loss and they've won 11 straight. The Mets haven't lost two in a row since early April. Jeez. Okay. That's a pretty significant trend to me. And then we got another one. We don't have uh, bet against Mitch Keller day at least not, you know, etched in stone, but we have bet on Adam Wainwright against the Pirates Day. That's coming up Friday. Oh, is that for sure? Wainwright is pitching against the ball. You know, you know how much money I made on opening day in Boston there. I'm going to do that some, again. Some rain or something, you know. I mean, right right now he's scheduled to pitch the Friday game. Uh, the numbers are ridiculous. Uh, Adam Wainwright against the Pirates. And I'll give you a developing trend this year. You know, I love the Minnesota Twinkies. They got a second-year uh, starting pitcher, Joe Ryan who has started seven games this year. He's four and two with a 2.39 ERA included in that four and two with a 2.39 ERA are three games against his NL AL central division foes, six innings, no runs at Kansas city, April 21st, seven innings, no earned runs against Detroit, April 27th and six innings, one earned run versus Cleveland on May 15th. Ryan, I believe, is going to pitch Saturday at the Royals, another AL, AL Central team. He is dominating the AL Central to the tune of one earned run allowed over three starts. Kind of like the Twinkies' chances there, and they're playing some pretty good ball. So uh, for what it's worth, there's uh, there's three trends rolling for you into the back weekend. To the Buccos, I want to uh, go back in time and wonder if we could live bet. I'm starting to keep a folder on this crap now. I don't know if you can see it. Like I, when things, rivers when, on it. <laughs> when, yeah, when things come up during the week, I jot them down. Like, oh, we'll talk about this next week. All right, <laughs> see what Tim thinks about this. I mean, I'm all in, Tim. I'm all in. Um, back to the Buccos. I wonder if we could go back in time and live bet the throw from right field when Vogelbach, oh. you know, 
Will they send Daniel Vogelbach and no is like at minus 700 <laughs> and then they send him anyway. Will Vogelbach score? No is at minus 1100 and he's out by a mile and a half. It's just the optics of that looks so bad, didn't it? Oh, the humanity is all I got for that. I mean, what are they thinking? You know, they're I, this is one they of my biggest possibly be, be thinking yeah. there. You know, and then the Cubs sent out that tweet, like the guy who threw it from right fields, Roberto Clemente or something, yeah. you know? Um, but one thing I was looking at, and I hate when this happens, the, the over-under for tonight in the Pirates-Cubs game is uh, at eight. I don't know why they always, they occasionally will put a run total at a number. Just we'll put a half in there. Are we trying to win money or lose money or what? Like, I, I hate the potential of a push on an over-under. But at any rate, so the number's eight. And I know you're big on riding a streak till it ends. Yes. Like, don't try to buck the streak. Keep no. going with the streak. So do the Pirates not hit and not score again? Is under safe there at eight? I was expecting it to be at seven and a half. Lose is safer. It's at 167. That's not a lot to bet against the Pirates, even if you are the Cubs and you're not great. But, you know, when they score one run, zero runs, zero runs, and... They got Smiley pitching. Smiley's pitched pretty well against the Pirates once or twice this year. So True I kind of like the a, under a, there. A been there, done that guy. Yeah, I, I like that there. Um, I might even like the Cubs. It's plus 125 at minus one and a half. Usually you get a little bit more back if you're given a run and a half. But, you know, it is the Pirates. So they got to keep the number a little bit suppressed. The Wade Miley game to me was something funny because you had the statistical anomaly of a leadoff hitter hitting a grand slam in the first inning. Like, how is that possible? But it happened for the 10th time in Major League Baseball, and it was against the Pirates. The over-under that night was eight and a half. They got eight in the first inning and then made you sweat until like the seventh <laughs> or eighth yeah. to get the ninth. And Wade Miley is just mowing people down left and right. So every inning you're thinking, all right, here it comes, and you – you know, you don't even have time for a bathroom break while the Pirates are up at the top of the frame. Miley's mowing them down so quick. And they just took forever to get over the number. Finally, they got over the number. But that was like giving birth, especially when you got eight in the bottom of the first inning and the leadoff guy hits a grand slam. That was a tough one to sit through. Tim, they don't ask how. They ask how many. <laughs> All right. Well, that'll do it for us for the uh, Pittsburgh City Cast. Yeah. One more, one more thing I forgot to point out is the uh, the hedge fund parlays that we've talked about a lot this year. I hit another one of those on Monday, and I just wanted to remind people how easy this is. Uh, had Florida over Washington, the Yankees over the the Orioles, uh, Toronto over Seattle, Cubs over the Pirates, and then the one hanging off in the ether was the West Coast game, Arizona against the Dodgers. Now, when I hit the first four, the initial bet was 30 to win 250. I took 100 off of that and put it on Arizona plus 182. And the scenario I created for myself was to win 153 or win 150. So I That's went to perfect. bed. I went to bed and I didn't have that Dodger game you were sweating out because uh, you had it on the other half of the Yankees parlay. Yeah, the Craig Kimbrell game. You, you pick these four or five teamers. If one of them's a late game, you know, Cash it out halfway through, so, so to speak. Uh, you can do that and really set yourself up nicely. That's about the fourth or fifth time that's worked this year. It almost worked on Sunday, 
but the Mets, one of their comebacks, they did not beat Seattle. They had second and third, one out, down by a run, and Marte and Alonzo struck out to end the ninth inning. Oh. Uh, otherwise, I would have had a nice chunk of change waiting on St. Louis and San Francisco, and then I would have just halved it going into that game because that was the night game. Find some, find that night game that, you know, your, your stuff is pretty much decided by the time that plays out, and you can really massage these things to your favor. And to our point where we always bet against the bad teams, the A's oh, play out West. They stink. The Dodgers they, play some bad teams in the NL West, and they're only going to get worse as the season goes along. I love L.A., man. That song so, is the best. When they're yeah. shaking hands and you hear all that. Oh, it's beautiful. Well, I think better than that's New York, New York at Yankee Stadium. Bop, but bop, they're not home. Ba-da-da, after Aaron Judge hits one out. Oh, or like the ball settles into the center fielder's glove, you know, and before the announcer could give the final score, they're playing it. Beautiful. <laughs> All right. That's going to do it for us. We're back next week. We'll be halfway through the second round. Plenty of baseball to talk about as well. Tim Ben, Mike Pursuta. The news. this is the Pittsburgh city cast. I'm winning today.